Hello, Empower Nation. Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. I am your host, Angela Duncan, speaker, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, doing all things money and business. Today's episode is sponsored by freemoneytipsbook.com. Freemoneytipsbook.com. Head over there, get your free ebook to get you started on your financial journey. On today's episode, I am interviewing Julie Roy, and we are talking about buying commercial real estate, not only for your cash flow today, but as a retirement plan as well. Hello, Julie. Welcome to Empower Her Money podcast. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for uh, having me today. Yeah, thanks for joining. I would love for you to start with with your story, kind of your journey and how you got to what you're doing now. Sure. Okay. It's a little long because I'm almost 50, so (laughs) it's been a while. Um, So I'll give you a long and short. um, I came from um, a very, you know, middle to, I would say, working class family. My mom was a single mom. She worked three jobs. Um, We had a lot of involvement with our grandparents who helped raise us. I'm Italian, so it's a very family driven um, environment. Um, so getting to the point where, um, I started a business, um, basically I was in, um, law school because, you know, when you're Italian, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. And so I had this whole plan of W2ing, you know, just a high level career. And that's how I was going to get out of this, um, or, you know, level up. Um, and so I started, I started school, um, university. I was the first one to go to university. In our family. So I started to um, go through the motions and I moved away to Europe for a little bit in between there, played some soccer, came back and just like really kind of found, you know, myself and my passion. As a little girl, I was always babysitting the whole block. Like I was always, you know, taking care of kids or um, just that was kind of my jam. I want, I always like was the teacher in the group, you know what I mean? Like pretending you're a teacher. So long story short, I think in my heart of hearts, that was my calling, but I was really fighting it, you know? And then I came back from Europe and um, during university, I was working at a Montessori preschool before and after school. And so I just fell in love with the method and just thought, wow, if I ever have kids, I'm definitely putting them in Montessori. It's incredible. I just love how I follow the child. It's, it's awesome. So I was like, that's just back of my mind at one point. Then I like fell in love with it so much. I started doing my training. Um, you know, I started teaching and well, assisting and then teaching and then taking all the trainings. And then so um I ended up after that opening a small school, firstly in the basement of my mom's house, which was <laughs> she was like, you gotta get this out of here. Um, and then uh on my own, I found uh I was looking for money because obviously I didn't have enough money to open my own business. And I, I wanted to do it on my own, you know? Um, And so at the time I was dating my husband, who was my, obviously my boyfriend then. And I found this, literally, I found this um, article in the paper that said, if you need cash, call Malcolm Banks at da, 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 da. I was like, I'm calling Malcolm. Like, I'm just going to get this cash and do this on my own. So I told my then boyfriend Bo. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, and he's like, you're not going by yourself. Like I'll come with you. Let's figure this out. So we went, it was downtown back alley, burgundy door, knocked on the door. He literally was sitting at the table was like, here, are you here for the money? Like, it's really, it's literally a crazy story. 
We borrowed $25,000 from Malcolm Banks at 19%. I wouldn't suggest this is the way you start, but my point in this is you don't have to have the resources. Sometimes you have to start without the resources and you have to build the plane while flying it, right? I mean, really, this is sort of what we did. Believing in yourself the entire time, because obviously this is what at the end of the day, um, this is all on you. And before we left that office, a little tidbit, Malcolm said to Bo, I hope you love this girl because he had to sign. I couldn't even sign because I didn't have enough credit. Oh, okay? wow. Bo mm-hmm. signed for the credit. And he was like, I hope you love this girl because if not, like, you know, we're going to come and find you basically. And I was like, <laughs> so like when I left that office, I was like, okay, there, everything's figure outable. I, I truly believe in that. And the second thing I said to myself is, well, there is no option for failure here. So- mm-hmm. If you have no option for failure, success is the, is the only option. Mm-hmm. Um, you really quickly find out how to make shit work. <laughs> so basically started the basement, started the school in the basement of a church, found a lease, you know, signed, did some zoning requirements, went through city council, a lot of learning, right? A lot of learning. Opened the school, quickly grew the schools um, to other locations, started buying the real estate. In that specific um, instance, we were bought out in 2011 by a private equity company I retired, opened long-term care, did a bunch of stuff in between that made me really sad, went back to childcare, but I had a non-compete in all of Canada. My husband's Hawaiian, I'm Canadian, the kids are dual. So I ended up looking around Michigan because we're on the border in Canada of Michigan. So I'm like, we could easily commute, you know, meanwhile, my husband's running a practice. He's a psychologist. He has a really busy, huge practice. So, you know, we have four kids in the mix. So I've had four kids while adding all these schools. And then I found this, like this broker, I had a lot of brokers looking for deals that had a specific requirement for schools. And so these deals, this deal came across my desk for for some schools in Omaha, Nebraska. I had no idea where that was for (laughs) six months. We called it Oklahoma because we had no idea. Um, So I commuted from, we bought them, long story short. I commuted from Canada to Omaha for 12 to 18 months, back and forth, Every Monday, coming back every Thursday with four kids. Um, again, this was like a situation where a failure wasn't an option. You know, I put a lot of money in to buy the schools and I had a plan. So long story short, our plan was to stay there for 10 years, move our family over, Bo retire. All that happened. We moved over in 2019, except the 10-year plan ended up being three years. And we are again, scaled the schools in one third of the time, Right. Um, scaled the schools to 10 locations, bought all the real estate. And again, private equity approached us. We sold the businesses to private equity. And what I did was because we always kept buying the real estate as much as we could, we ended up partnering that deal with a REIT, selling all the real estate to the REIT with 15-year triple net leases in place with corporate tenants, which then kind of really pushed my love of triple net. I mean, I always was a sale leaseback owner. So we always had a triple net lease in place um, as a holding company to our schools. But this kind of catapulted, obviously, our huge real estate kind of empire now. So long story short, that's the that is the the very quick synopsis. I don't know if it was super quick, but it's our it's our story. Yeah, yeah. And that's interesting, too, because, you know, I'm I'm one of my first careers, I was worked as a, a as a team as a financial advisor in private equity. 
And to think that, you know, private equity by uh-huh. schools too, I actually wasn't aware of that. So that I definitely learned something new there. Sorry about that, Zoom. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it, it sounded like Siri popped in for a second, but I'm on a laptop. Oh, so no, I, I don't have it. her on my computer, so I'm not sure what's going on. But yeah, so basically that's the thing to sell, you know, being in private equity, you know, selling once is kind of like, okay, wow. But selling twice to private equity and also compressing the timeline from, you know, 10 years, the first sale was 2001 to 2011 to now 2019 to 2021 was, was the sale. So um, just figuring out all the things we did wrong in the first 10 years or what took us so long, you know, organically to build wealth, to um, mitigate taxes, all the things we didn't know in that first 10 year episode or go around, we really spent a lot of time and money on mentorship um, for that compression of time in the second sale. You know, um, I put a lot more time into mentorship for myself as an owner, which we often, um, I feel like we often have the ownership, like owners always have their mentorship on the background because you're always pushing professional to like in our field, for sure, professional development and making sure the schools are doing well and the kids and the quality. And so for us, um, a big change in mindset was investing in ourselves so we could invest in others. And I think that was really helpful, um, you know, to anyone listening here that has a small business that wants to scale. Um, I really do feel like there's definite components in scaling that are necessary for platform scaling or for platform exits. Yeah. And the way that you separated that. So if I'm understanding this correctly, the private equity bought the business side of it, mm-hmm. but the real estate, you sold it separately. So that's, you know, like double essentially what you were. Yeah. Ex- so I basically doubled my equity multiple mm-hmm. because now I had this super valuable real estate that had not just brick and mortar. I had 15 year triple net leases from a corporate guarantee Mm-hmm. that then the NOI is uh, is a game changer, right? Like our net operating income on those buildings now we're just not a brick and mortar that you have to find a tenant for. The tenants already substitute like like the tenant is stable. They're already in there. They're situated. They're not moving. You know, families and kids are going there. So um, you know, a, a 10 or 15 year lease is is no big deal for those companies to sign because they're not, schools are challenging because you have so many specifications. You're not just going to move them, right? Like it's just too expensive. So um, REITs love that type of stability, especially if, you know, like our product had a really good name. Our brand was super strong in the community. I bought from an 87 year old. So her brand was in the community for 40 some years. Like we, you know, there's, there's definitely steps to take in managing risk when doing this type of thing. But yeah, I mean, we, the multiple we made on the first set of schools it, it actually was 12 times on the second set. So, I mean, it, the exit was just that much more grand in the second sale uh, due to a whole bunch of things I didn't know in the first sale. So yeah, yes, you learn though. And someone was like, Julie it. needs another try at this. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it was, the first one was good too. I'm not complaining. It was just a very different level on the second one, you know? Yeah. And you kind of stumbled upon learning about triple net leases because you wanted to open a school, you know, you never really thought that this could be your trajectory, right? Absolutely not. Like I just was, I was thinking I was going to rent and that at some point I'd buy the real estate, right? Um, not knowing 
like great, we have always had really awesome people around us that have helped us. And so I really feel like for me, um, generosity breeds abundance. I say this all the time. And so does adversity. I, I think adversity and generosity breed abundance, but um, my adversity from life situations, you know, whatever has definitely made me a super, um, obsessed with success type of girl. Um, but the generosity in my heart came from my parents, like my mom, my grandma, they're all very generous people. And I think we have always been give back people. And so I feel like we've been blessed because of that, because we've always tried to give back a portion of our business or, you know, make sure that everyone around us, um, has been able to be blessed along with us, which not, I don't see a lot of entrepreneurs, um, having that mindset and it's a game changer. Um, you know, if you help other people, you are just helped, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel that. Um, I've met you in person and had the opportunity <laughs> to be in some of the same circles and I do feel your heart. And so I think that's a huge thing is, you know, not, not being greedy when we're learning and when we're acquiring, it's the abundance part of it. And we want to share and help other people to get to those levels too. So that's definitely something I've, I've felt and I've witnessed from you. And I'm very grateful for that too. Oh, thank you. But yeah, for us, it's definitely this next half of life is really based on what can we do to help people? What do we wish we had during those times? What can we put in place to help people avoid um, the mistakes, the minutia, the runarounds, the the really challenging pieces of business like securing financing, right? Um, the best ways to do that, the ways to not make mistakes with money. I mean, it's huge, right? Those are things that can set you back years. And they did for us sometimes, right? Sometimes we did step in and we're like, oh, that's probably not the best idea. So having done a lot of mistakes um, and having learned a lot of lessons, we always say in our family, um, it's not a failure unless you quit. So lessons are, are failures are really just lessons, right? And so we um, talk a lot about the lessons we've learned along the way. And those lessons have literally catapulted our growth now, right? And so again, adversity, generosity, these are just pieces that we just, they're non-negotiables with us. Good, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So talk about why you kind of now choose triple net versus, you know, um, there's a lot of people that are talking about multifamily apartment buildings. Why the triple net space? What is that? Why is it different and good? So, for you? Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about our journey. So when we sold the schools, we were actually, you know, extremely comfortable in our lifestyle, right? We had a very good active living coming in active income for an active living. Basically, we had we had a certain sense of freedom financially, because we had a very stabilized monthly recurring revenue, right? From the businesses, schools have tuition, you know that kids are there for a year. It's very stabilized for um, expenses, costs, right? Like we, and that is my specialty. So I know like where I'm supposed to be at percentage wise to revenue, like it was very easy and comfortable. When we sold the second time, I felt like, oh my gosh, before we sell, we need to start with the end in mind. And we had a whole program that we basically did working backwards to create passive income to replace the active income that we would be losing. So I was like, okay, it doesn't matter the number we sell for, because you can sell for all you want. If your living has to change or you're not ready to accept the changes in your lifestyle, then you have to make sure what you're selling for 
is going to replace that. So I was like, we can't replace our income unless we have this much coming in passively. Um, and I'm not willing to change our lifestyle. I love to travel. We have huge family mission, vision, values, and goals. We will be finishing the seven continents with our kids this year in December. Like we are, we are really focused and hyper-focused on our success and goals. And so we just weren't going to, this was non-negotiable, another non-negotiable for us. So what we did was we started with the end in mind. I was like, this is what we need passively to replace the active income. Obviously we had a large capital event that made that possible, but the first time we were not smart about it. We were not about re repurposing the money, reinvesting, doing a lot of passive income opportunities. We just didn't know enough. And also in Canada, there isn't the opportunity there is in the United States for things like depreciation, reinvestments, pa passive income. There's just not the opportunity. So having been here, we put ourselves in the right rooms. My biggest issue was we sold. We had a capital gains tax, which was much harder to eradicate, but ongoing, we're going to have this you know, we needed this active income or this passive income to replace the active. So what happened was we bought a huge portfolio with the real estate side of the sale. We took all that money and redeployed it, 1031 it to push those taxes down the road. We right. redeployed it all into triple net because it was the most reasonable, reliable, and stable way for us to create monthly recurring revenue for our family. Hmm. So we took that, uh, you know, say we had 10 locations, each location bought one or two new places like Starbucks, like CVS, like O'Reilly's, like whatever. So we have a large triple net corporate portfolio. We own ourselves, which every month our bank account fills up to whatever we needed to fill up to. And that is a really good stabilized monthly recurring revenue for us. We also had a lot of equity. So that made it really nice because, you know, we have this kind of consistent income. So that was the triple net side. Well, what happened was first year we get this, all this money. It's great, right? We're getting all this money in our bank account. We're spending like we're normally spending, but now we don't have 10 schools to write off all these taxes and we don't have all this, you know, all this active business. So fourth quarter meeting with our accountant, he's like, okay, you're going to pay uh, just over, you know, 500,000. I was like, what? <laughs> we are not prepared for this. Like, what do you mean? This is going to be a yearly thing. So we started to look around quickly for ways to eradicate the tax um, that we needed to eradicate from whatever was left that we couldn't erase, which was a very high number for us. And I wasn't to give that to the government. Honestly, that I was like, this is hard earned money. We've worked so many years, 28 years in childcare. Like we are not giving this all away. We have to figure out a way. And so, you know, all the regular answers were, well, I'm sorry. Like, it just is what it is. Like, you should be happy you're paying taxes. And I was like, no, paying taxes. Got in the right rooms with people. Um, my accountant was like, "Hey, like, let's let's. Here's three things you can do. You can invest in agriculture. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. I can't even plants alive. Oil and gas, which at the time, like, I really wasn't interested in because there is some risks in oil and gas investments. And I was like, "Oh, I just don't want to be super risky, but I'd rather be risky than pay the government. You know, I was still there. And then the last thing is, or or you can own, you know, multifamily apartments. And I was like, oh, tenants, toilets, trash. No, please, dear Lord. Like, I don't yes. think that's. So I was like, I really don't know what to do. And he's like, well, you don't have to be the active person in the investment, you know, in the multifamily. And I was like, well, tell me more. <laughs> so then we started learning about obviously being an LP or a passive investor. So initially that's how we started our multifamily portion of our portfolio. Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
So that helped us. We actually eradicated taxes, not only for that year, but we actually have eradicated also for this year. And we still have a large uh, bonus still for next year. And sure. this year we've done the same. So I think we'll keep passing those savings for a few years. Um, so basically we have a triad formula. We invest in triple net for cash flow for us to live. I, we still have four kids. We have two kids in college. We have two kids at home. We love to travel, right? So I'm not willing to take a downside on that yet. Not, we're still young enough where we want to enjoy that income. My second part of the portfolio is the multifamily to eradicate any of the income coming from the triple net side. And then the third part of the portfolio we dabble in is storage and industrial. That has a longer term hold, a higher IRR or a higher return on your investment, but there is some more risk. And so I don't want a large portfolio. I don't want a large part of my portfolio based on that yet, because I'm not at the point where I can lose a lot of that triple net income because we really appreciate the lifestyle, the travel, you know, college payments, all the things, right? So, so that's really what we did. We were really super intentional about our money um, from day one, um, you know, especially after this, this sale particularly. And look at guys, like, I'm not going to sit here and preach that this was easy, like at all. Yeah. And two, I'm also going to tell you, we made all the mistakes the first time we bought Ferraris and Porsches and GTRs and watches and purses and Louis and Labutins. Like girls, I'm not telling you that that's not what happens. We went through that, but I quickly realized all those things were liabilities. You know, it was not bringing me joy at the end of the day, it was great for a minute, but it wasn't lasting joy. And two, it really didn't produce any income for us. Well, so then once we started really to understand the idea of creating legacy wealth for our family and our kids and putting the money in assets that really just created cash flow for us or created returns on investment, which now we call our return on life because it really is what we're using um, the cash for it really just changed our mindset. And I, I purged a lot of those um, intangible liabilities and I don't miss any of it. You know, we have simple cars. It, my husband has kind of a nice one cause he's, he loves cars and watches, but in general, we have really, I would say, you know, from 90% or something to like 10%, you know, and we only buy that stuff now with passive income, which is also a game changer because we're not using our savings to buy that stuff. So that's a very long answer again to your question, but, yeah. but there's all your yeah. living life, your living life. So you, you figured out in the real estate investing world, how to create a paycheck, how to create your retirement and how to create growth. So different avenues for different purposes, and you shared all of those nuggets on how you've accomplished those. So, and you're right, like the stuff is, it, you can't take it with you. It's the memories with your kids and the traveling right. with your husband. That yeah. is just huge. Like, otherwise, why are we doing what we're doing if we're not right. interested too? That, that's what it came down to. Like, I think it's age too, right? You kind of go through stages in life where you're, you mature as a human. Um, and I think the two things that we always say are like, we want to create a legacy wealth we want to create legacy wealth for us and our family and their families, you know, and, and continued on. Um, so teaching our kids about legacy wealth and what we're doing is so important to us too. It's integral because if you know and have legacy wealth and your kids have no idea about what that looks like or why you're, they're going to lose it. Right. So it's really, really important to put time in. Um, we send them to, we've done a ton of Grant Cardone conferences. We've sent them to all the apartment complexes uh, conferences. We've sent them to financial, you know, um, 
whatever days, like where they learn financial stuff. They don't learn this stuff in school guys. Like, unfortunately you have to take it on as a parent. If you do have um, the opportunity to create legacy wealth, you really need to make sure to save it, to keep it right. Just like, you know, you want to keep your money. It's like keeping your money long-term. So yeah. So we do put a lot of time in for that. And like you said, for us, the other thing is experiences with our kids, like doing seven continents with your kids, man, some of those times were long and tough, but like, you know, we did them and, um, you know, they always complain, teenagers complain about everything, but they complain about, you know, oh, we're missing this and that because we travel. And then every single time there's a story, it's about travel. So like, we know that they really do love it down deep, but, um, yeah. And just the opportunity to create those memories, like when you're gone, that's all they're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you teach it too, because you're right. The school system definitely fails in that respect. So whatever, whatever level of success that someone has, they should always be teaching their children, um, and how to invest and how to create income and find their passion and what do they want to do in life. And then just bringing them along in that journey and being part of it and then watching them grow too. my daughter's 20 she's in college she's a marketing major and i know that she's launching her own company and i just i'm there for when she has questions because you know she's still at the age where i don't know everything um but <laughs> or you don't know anything <laughs> yeah i have that too yes. yeah sure. yeah but just being part of that journey and watching them grow is so fulfilling as a parent too so that's awesome All right. So I'm going to switch channels here as we start to wrap up the podcast. You know, I want to be respectful of your time as well. But if you could pick a super talent or a superpower that you already don't have, um, what would you pick and why? I don't have a lot of them. Um, And I would have to say I would love the superpower of healing. Mm. If I could heal um, sickness, sadness, all the things in the world that we have no control over. If I could heal that for people, I think that would be my greatest gift. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So I know you wrote a book recently too, with you and your husband. Um, tell me about the book and why you decided you wanted to write a book. Yeah. So we initially did just a really short collab book on investing in real estate because we didn't know the things we didn't know. And I feel like everyone should have access to that information. The book I'm writing now, which will be coming out hopefully soon, uh, we're in editing. So that's always fun. Um, It's really about our life and like where we came from, um, how money trauma is built, how um, you need to go through journeys to um, understand and learn about business, um, money, family, wealth, legacy, um, all the things we talked about, honestly, today, um, it just really delineates a path for folks. It has some tangibles too. like um, the book is kind of like um, it's based on all the things we talked about, but at the end of each chapter, there's like questions for reflection and like, what do you think, you know, caused money trauma in your life and how can we fix that now? And, um, how are your thoughts around money? Because unfortunately, um, a lot of the money, um, mindset we obtain comes from growing up in, you know, scarcity abundance. Like there's a lot of different things that, um, that just, you know, are around us as we grow up, even conversations, right? And so having the ability to move past that and find out really what the root is of of your money blockage, um, you're able to manifest like a very different lifestyle through um, a really concerted, intentional approach. And that's really what the book is about. Um, 
it's hopefully going to help, you know, folks um, pick apart their own situations and find the holes. Um, and also just, I hope it's inspirational, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, I didn't have anything that anyone else on here doesn't have, right? I started in the same, if not worse, probably than, than most folks listening. Um, and there wasn't one thing that was a flip the switch success maker, like people think, you know, um, lots of folks will say to me, well, Julie, you know, what was the one thing you did? Well, it was about a million things we did um, consistently <laughs> for a numerous uh, number of years. Um, so yeah, it just, it really just um, hopefully will help folks um, do the same. Perfect. So, awesome. Julie, yeah. well, I appreciate your time today. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, so we're actually rebranding our whole website at this time. So it's a little bit challenging, but the um, I'm on Instagram as at the Julie Roy. Um, we are on Facebook as Investing with the Roys. It's a private group, but we do let in pretty much everyone as long as you're not crazy. <laughs> um, and then I'm just Julie Roy on uh, Facebook. And we're actually just going to amalgamate those two uh, Facebook um, groups soon. So we are delineating our uh, our whatever our reach. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where we are. And I, I have a new website that is going to be ready on Monday, but it will be also the julieroy.com. Um, we're just moving, moving our branding right now. So yeah, so there's lots of things going on, hopefully a book tour next year and lots of things coming up with, um, we are running a wealth masters, uh, business, uh, mastery course slash, um, I guess, mindset group or mastermind mm -hmm. group. Uh, that'll be quarterly. Um, it's for really business owners of 1 million or plus in revenue who want to scale or platform growth or and or scale for exit and create legacy wealth. So basically showing you what we did um, in a more intimate environment. Um, but other than that, uh, that's sort of what we're up to now. And we're obviously always doing deals, um, triple net deals. And we did one multifamily this year. There's a whole other reason for that, which we can talk about on another podcast. But yeah, so that's, that's us in a nutshell. Perfect. Again, thank you so much for your time today, Julie. That wraps up another episode of Empower Her Money podcast. Make sure that you are taking the tips and putting them into action. Keep learning. And if you want to know more about investing in all avenues of real estate, definitely reach out to Julie and she's an amazing mentor as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me and or reach out to Angela because she's awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Empower Her Money podcast. Make sure you leave me a five-star review, share this podcast, subscribe and share the message.